Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing just quite well. Good, good. good. Ready and raring to solve another problem. That's good news. And try not to worry about the ones we don't solve. <laughs> Takes <laughs> but, time. <laughs> uh, the people need to have information. And, uh, of course, we spend a lot of time. Uh, we spend about 30 minutes on our program. Uh, but we, I know I do, and I know you must do it, too. Maybe it doesn't take you as long. No, it takes but, me longer. <laughs> because we have to find the information. And uh, as much as we fear the collapse of the Internet, that they will punish people who don't uh, cite the news as they want you to, we find that the, the Internet, I, I think I use the Internet a lot to get a piece of information. Yeah. And, and then after you get it, an answer to your question, then you have to decide, is it true or not? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So that takes a lot of information. And we, we have friends that uh, we can trust more than others who are, uh, have, are doing the same kind of studying. Yeah. And none of that would be in the New York Times or the Washington Post. But anyway, uh, there's some news going on now. Uh, you know, the markets were really, really shaky these last several days. They've calmed down today. Uh, and uh, I've had people ask me, well, <clears throat> how much longer is this inflation going to last? You know, like in a month or two or three? I said, yeah. My belief, it's here to stay. Wow. And, and this, this mess that we have going on in Ukraine uh, with uh, Russia, uh, it may not uh, escalate and <coughs> have some type of a temporary answer to, but it's sort of like, uh, figuring when when would the Iraqi war end? When yeah. would the Afghan war end? You know, and they have their ups and downs. And, you know, even when it ends, I'm never saying, oh, it ended. It's over. Let's, let's have a victory. Yeah. So, but but anyway, the things are going on. And we want to start off with talking about what uh, was discovered and actually debated in a Senate hearing. Senate hearing, yeah, oh, yesterday. And yeah. that is that... Uh, uh, Victoria uh, Newland has mm -hmm. admitted, and she's been around a bit. I oh, think yeah. we remember her from 2014. We do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they they were talking in open, and she says, acknowledge that the U.S. and the Ukrainians have bio labs there. But does that mean that there might be a possibility of us having financed a lab in China or something <laughs> like that? But in, anyway, that was a big deal, and that was a, an issue. But I found also the interest of why, why does it come up? Well, people, the justification, I don't know whether she planned to do this, but it came out that we are, we have to get control of this. Yeah. Like, like we're not involved. <laughs> we, we need to get control because the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. We don't want them to have any of these poison gases and, and these sorts of things. So that uh, is uh, w one of the big arguments going on. But it's also an argument of, uh, uh, you, you know, false flags. What, who, if there is a release of gas and some people die, you know, and that, that's, you know, that the gases have been used, even though not, you know, in tremendous amounts, but is who released it? And they, they all argue about that for years. So this is, this is one going on. And uh, 
the argument on our side, uh, uh, you, the U.S. side, was, well, if the Russians do get this, this uh, thing, they might use it for a false flag and then blame, blame the U, uh, Ukrainians. Yeah. But they acknowledge now if there's some gas released and some people die, uh, it's automatic. Everybody knows it's Russia. So, yeah. so, so th this is the argument that they, they we have to prevent, we have to protect the people uh, by going in and keeping that gas out of the hands of the Russians. But I get to thinking, you know, I think we've worked pretty closely with the Ukrainian governments and NATO. You'd think they would have uh, something to uh, say about it. But uh, anyway, it, it's a mess. And one of the places where things could be could escalate, you know, and. Uh, Maybe maybe there will be a false flag, and I say, well, it may be committed by Russia. It may be committed by Ukraine. But then I got to thinking, they never mentioned the possibility that it could be somebody on our side that that might do it. We know? wouldn't do that, would we? <laughs> no, no, that's too that's too conspiratorial. <laughs> well, what a difference a day makes, Doctor Paul. On two, on uh, on Monday, put this up. Bloomberg ran with this story. Uh, put that first one up if you don't mind. China pushes conspiracy theory about U.S. labs in Ukraine. Uh, more about this later. And then the day later, Victoria Nuland, uh, who, as we know, was behind the 2014 coup, appeared before the Senate. Uh, and Dr. Paul, I watched this testimony. She looks very nervous. She's always been very cocky and very self-assured. Yeah. She's from the Kagan neocon family, very full of themselves. This uh, hearing, she looked very nervous. Let's watch the first clip. From this, here she is before the U.S. Senate when asked about these labs. I think we're going to run that whole that whole first clip, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the whole first clip. Let's listen to her. By a lot research, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces, may be seeking to. Uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach Ukraine. As the poster said, she just, uh, she just uh, you know, confirmed every conspiracy theory about these labs. Let's play the first um, 40 seconds of the next one because then she's questioned by Marco Rubio. And watch how nervous she is, and watch how strange her answer is to a simple question that could have been answered yes or no. First 40 seconds of this one. I'm sure that I only have a minute left. Let me ask you. Um, does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. I'm sure you're aware that the... Now, the thing is, we don't know what's in those, and we're not purporting to know. So before the fact-checkers start <laughs> whacking us, we are not saying that there are bioweapons 
We're not saying anything. We don't know anything. All we know is that two days ago, if you even suggested that this that the U.S. had a relationship with Ukraine over these bio labs, you'd be fake news. You'd be canceled. And then a day later, a senior senior member of the U.S. government of the State Department admits essentially the same thing. So the question is why, and why she looks so nervous in her testimony. You know, and I don't know when they'll get to the bottom of all that, uh, but it, it, it's a mixed deal. You know, you, you say we, we can't even be sure of what we're listening to, whether it's true, and, and there's actually gases there. But uh, I, I think that that is, a, you know, just make, makes it more for danger. I'm surprised that with this and other things, uh, the correction occurred mainly because I think prices in gold and the stock markets all needed a correction. They overshot. But uh, I would think that anything that we hear about this should make people more nervous. Yeah, for sure. There's not much reassurance. And it's sort of so casual. Yeah, we probably... We probably do that, but we don't want the Russians to have it. Like Russia doesn't know anything about about this uh, this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what someone else posted on Twitter. Wouldn't it be ironic, especially after George W. Bush with the WMDs in Iraq, if they actually went, the Russians went in there and actually found WMDs in Ukraine? But here's the other thing about this whole chapter, Dr. Paul, and it's fascinating. We don't know all the details about it. We only know that a very nervous Newland was before the Senate. But let's put up that next clip. This is just a, this is not an audio. This is just a, this is USA Today. This tells you everything you need to know about the fact checkers, though. If we can put up that uh, next one, uh, fact check. Yeah, this is just the end of February. Fact check. False claim of U.S. biolabs in Ukraine is tied to Russian disinformation campaign. USA Today, you're the next one. This is PolitiFact, the Pointer Institute. They are supposedly the gold standard for fact-checking. Uh, they checked this tweet, Russia's targeting U.S. Biological, biological weapons labs in Ukraine. They say there are no U.S.-run biological labs in Ukraine, contrary to social media posts. So this shows you that the fact-checkers are not fact checking facts. What they are due is backing up the U.S. government narrative. And one final clip on this, Dr. Paul, because Newland herself essentially admits that the U.S. government is pressuring social media groups and fact checkers, you could, you could assume as well, to make sure that everyone adheres to the accepted U.S. narrative. Let's play the first uh, 24 seconds of that first, uh, of that last uh, audio or video clip. And you'll want to hear what she says to this, Dr. Paul. Very fascinating. I know I'm asking our poor guy in the back to work so madly. Up and supported. Uh, works 24-7 to, with other allies and partners, not just in Europe, but around the world, to um, bring to light Russian disinformation campaigns and who is pushing them. We also work with the tech companies to try to take down false stories, and uh, we are working very assiduously on, on all of that now. We're also working to try to get truth into Russia in the context of a complete freeze on, um, on independent news. So she says, quote, we also work with the tech companies to try to take down false stories. And we're working very assiduously. Well, the false story of yesterday about these labs is now the true story in her own words today. See, they, they always have their psychological loophole on this. She says, uh, the United States does not have it. 
but it may be our money, it may be our technicians, but technically say, oh, that's, that's the Ukrainians have that, that's not us, we don't, and we don't have a lab. That was the same thing like Wuhan. I don't think they've ever even as much, yeah. as hard as uh, Rand has tried to get to the bottom of that. We don't know exactly, you know, who did what when, because, uh, you know, it was American money. And here, this whole idea, that we're not gonna put troops in there. We do everything else. We pay for all these weapons and send it in and, and we know what's going on with these labs. And then the media comes along and says, oh no, that fax is, is wrong. Yeah. They, they, there's there's no, uh, no no facilities there. You're canceled. And, yeah, <laughs> that's it. So uh, it's, it's back to the old story, you know, of, of seeking out the truth. But I don't, I don't think uh, we're going, you know, we're sorting things out, but we're not going to be capable of revealing yeah. the truth. No. And that's why I resort to saying, well, what is the solution then? Yeah. Avoid these situations. Don't get involved. Don't, don't get into an entangling alliance and, and don't do this. And don't, and don't have an industry that livelihood depends on. That's what, that's what happened in, in the medical thing with COVID. Yeah. It was the people who were making money. Oh, you yeah. know, they, they wouldn't say the medical profession made all those mistakes, even though they're admitting the medical profession, the, the people had the biggest bull above the, above the pulpit. Yeah. You know? and, and they went ahead and, and uh, they, got, they got away with this by just lying through their teeth. And uh, it, it's just so often, how often we bring up, you know, the war against COVID and the war going on against Russia. It's amazing, you know? yeah. It's an info <laughs> war. So, so many similarities. But isn't it amazing to hear her confirm what you say all along which is the U.S. government is conspiring with social media companies to prevent any voices from being heard who run counter to the narrative. I mean, oh, she admits it. I, I know, and that, that is so sinister. That is, you know, you can't say fascism because you can't, well, that, you really get censored yeah. by saying something. But that is very close to the truth. It's, but I think the more, if you make an attempt to make it sound as as upfront as possible, it's fascistic. You yeah. know, it, it leans toward fascism, but it certainly could be called corporatism. And you know, the special interest in that the military and industrial complex has so much control. And why are we so involved? And of course, uh, the, the the real motive, the big picture, is the people who get to participate in the in the looting in the empire. Who, who controls things in the empire yeah. and those are the financial people and the military people and the arms manufacturers now the control of medicine pharmaceuticals yeah. daniel there's good news ahead it's all bankrupt and it's <laughs> yeah. going to, it's going to go down it is it so is. we better work hard and get more people saying liberty is the answer yeah well you know we've had a lot of stupid and evil secretaries of state and uh, let's just be blank you know pompeo comes to mind a few others but I don't know if we've had any as hapless as bungling Blinken. I mean, this man is way out of his league. And I'm just going to quickly do a refresh on an amazing chapter of bungled U.S. policy over the last couple of days. And it's going to be rapid fire, Dr. Paul. Um, put up that next clip. And this is all in the course of a few days. This is back um, a few days ago. Uh, this is on the 6th. Blinken says Poland sending fighter jets to Ukraine gets a green light from the U.S., and then you go to the next one. And so, it, so this is his first one. Green light, Poland, send your jets. And then he tried to sweeten the pot, Dr. Paul. Here's Blinken. We are looking actively now at the question of airplanes that Poland may provide to Ukraine. 
and looking at how we may be able to backfill should Poland decide to supply those planes. That's Blinken. So Poland got that message. Send your MiGs and we're going to give you F-16s in exchange. Now put the next one on. So here's what's Poland's response after they were given this offer. Major development. This is yesterday. Poland says it will hand over all of its MiG-29 jets immediately and free of charge. But the jets are to be turned over to the U.S., and that's to Rammstein Air Base in Germany, for U.S. delivery to Ukraine. So the, the Poles called their bluff. You have to understand Slavic humor, I think. Um, and then when that happened, so Blinken says, hey, if you send some planes, we're going to give you some new ones, some F-16s, some really good ones. Poland says, okay, you can have them all. <laughs> and then the next one is when the U.S. realizes <laughs> what has happened, there's absolute panic. And Newland was asked about this, and she was in panic. And here's from our good friends at Zero Head. Some sharp words and a swift rejection from the Pentagon Tuesday evening last night. The prospect of fighter jets at the disposal of the government of the United States departing from a U.S. NATO base in Germany to fly into airspace that is contested with Russia over Ukraine raises serious concerns for the entire alliance. That's John Kirby of the Pentagon. They went into panic mode when Poland accepted the offer. Just think of much activities going on over the MiGs. And uh, I'm, I, in my mind, this is, if this is not a scientific uh, point, uh, I've gotten to the point where I thought MiGs were sort of World War II stuff. <laughs> They've been around in Korea, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, here they are. The United States is involved in this. Obviously, they can't, you know, uh, stand aside from this. Ukraine is involved. Poland is involved. And they're talking about MiGs. Well, I, I thought the MiGs belonged to the Russians. <laughs> and, you know, it may be that... Uh, uh, they, they uh, nobody, nobody else really wants them. You know, we'll replace them and this sort of thing. And uh, but, but I find it sort of ironic that all these people are divvying up and how we're going to do this and how we're going to support the enemy of Russia by taking these MiGs and uh, lying to people and then get people fact finders that come and try to say, you know, this this is the way it really is. <laughs> it, it it is. It's, uh, you know, it's really probably good news in a way because it's so inept. Yeah, it's you know, really bad. And uh, that's, that's why, uh, you, you know, it's terrible that this is going on, but uh, they're, they're so, so inept that uh, you, you can't say, well, NATO, they're on the upswing. They're yeah. going to conquer the world next week. Most people say, how long is NATO going to last? Yeah. And, then, uh, and, and, and we can't pretend. We, <clears throat> when are they going to get, get Newland up there and say, you know, my main purpose here, let me tell you, is to protect the empire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's our job. And we work hand in glove with the military industrial complex. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen uh, <laughs> anytime soon. But that, that's that's really where the pro problem is, which means back to why we exist. And that is the uh, Institute for Peace and Prosperity is that that's our goal. Yeah. And th this is a mess. But if it self-destructs, 
it doesn't uh, build the power uh, of the empire, the, the empire. But th then, uh, you know, if history uh, pans out the way it usually does, somebody else is going to grab the empire. Maybe that's what they're doing now is arguing, oh, maybe the empire uh, will be controlled by uh, uh, Russia and China together yeah. and, and throw in India to give them a few troops or something like that. Yeah. So it, it seems like that's going on for a long time. It, and there's no reason why they can't, you know, have a thought process where that includes, you know, a world that comes together on the opposite terms of, of peace and nonviolence. Yeah. Because it happens in different areas around the world for centuries that people did get along, you know. Yeah. But uh, they, there's a rare talk about that. Well, you know, the, the funny thing about this is, you know, the U.S. wanted Poland to launch jets from Polish territory to attack Russians in Ukraine. And the Poles said, hang on a minute, that doesn't sound like a great idea because the Russians have already said, if you do that, you're gonna get bombed. And so it's kind of like if you're in a bar with a friend of yours and there's a big tough guy over at the bar chugging beers, a real bodybuilder, and your friend says, hey, go punch him, go ahead, go punch him. You know? That's essentially what the US was doing. And the, and the Germans also recognized the absurdity of sending fighter jets from German soil to kill Russians in the former Soviet Union, i.e. Ukraine. And here is the German Chancellor yesterday. He said, we provided all kinds of defense materials and have sent weapons that we've told you, if we can put that next one up actually, that clip. And we have sent weapons we told you about, but it is also true that we have to consider very carefully what we do concretely and definitively, and warplanes are not a part of that. Uh, so he realizes, you know, Americans don't really have a grasp of history, I don't think, and maybe Blinken has forgotten uh, just a few decades ago uh, when German soldiers and planes and troops went into the Soviet Union. Uh, he doesn't want a repeat of this history. You know, one of the things I've suggested uh, over the years uh, it hasn't gained a lot of traction, but uh, I think what we as a nation should do, you can't say, well, you can't have a business that might make a weapon that can defend your country if somebody attacks you. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't be owned by the corporations. The corporations manufactures the weapons with taxpayers' money. And uh, then if there's a sale uh, of weaponry, whether it's the airplanes or whatever, and they sell it to the various countries to maintain the empire, uh, and, and a lot of profits are made, then they say, uh, well, uh, what we have to do now is uh, ch change that. I don't think I don't think the business should do it without absolute clear-cut permission from the government. You know that uh, that weaponry can be sold, but uh, but, but, but what's happened, Daniel? Why this isn't practical is big business and big government, just like what we talk about social media. Yeah, they're they're in bed together. They're 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 partners in this, and therefore, but ownership and private property could could solve this uh, to a, to a degree. Uh, but uh, but the um, the military industrial complex, the big business, been known for a long time. I didn't want to believe it when I heard stories about World War One uh, of how uh, some of the fascists uh, grew to power. But uh, I sort of think it probably was true. Yeah. Well, here's another. Our next topic is one that you, you I know you focus on a lot, and it's I think it's really important. And some news came out yesterday that we found disgusting about the January sixth. Uh, and this is a famous one from that. We can put up that next clip uh, if, you, if you can. Uh, this is um, Richard Bigo Bartlett.
Here he is. Very famous photo. He went in to the Capitol when he was not supposed to. He went into Nancy Pelosi's office. And Dr. Paul, he violated the sanctuary, the sacred space of Nancy Pelosi. He put his dirty proletarian feet on her desk. And for that, the Department of quote-unquote justice is offering him a plea bargain for putting his feet on her desk. 70 to 87 months in prison. He's a 61-year-old man. He's facing up to 70. Take this. Here's a good deal, guy. 87 months in prison. Crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a tragedy is also what it is. And, and that, that, to me, means that uh, the antagonism is going to build. I can see the Democrats panicking right now because they have been in charge and they have gotten away with a lot. Yeah. You know, the Department of Justice as far as I'm concerned, really doesn't exist. Uh, and and that's, that's a bit overstated because there are some people who have come up just like the, the, the judicial system and the judges are basically, you know, so messed up and, and the hand of the politician. But there are some good judges and there's been some good rulings. Yeah, yeah. The trouble is, 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 is sorting all this out. But, but this thing, the Democrats know what's coming and they, they know they're going to lose power. And power is the name of the game up there. It's already been talked about, you know, uh, all the people that have, were uh, falsely arrested and uh, pseudo-arrested uh, uh, will uh, and are in prison without due process yeah. of law, that they would get amnesty, they would get off, and they would be excused. They haven't even gotten their day in court. Yeah. So, so, that, so, so the Democrats, I can see them panicking. Let's get everybody we can get yeah. right now. And even if we don't get them behind bars, we're going to set an example. This is, this is uh, I wonder, wonder where this goes next. There has to be an appeal or something on this. Well, he said he's going to, he said, I'm not going to take the plea bargain. I'm going to go to trial. So let's go to trial. Yeah. So, which is a Hope smart thing. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I mean. The track record yeah. is not great, but the question is, and I think that's a great point, Dr. Paul, that maybe the Democrats are panicking and they want to run these through quickly. But the big question that we would have would be the, would the Republicans have the guts, if they do take over, to defend some of these people that were so unjustly accused. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> something. <laughs> we, we need one of these facts to find, find yeah. a fact checker to find out. There are but. some radicals in the party, though, that I think are... You know, maybe not our taste, you know, across the board, but there have been some people that have spoken up for these yeah, guys. Yeah, and uh, it, it's always, always at, at great risk, you know, uh, for them now. And, and uh, so, so much has happened that uh, uh, the judicial system really is a big concern. And the judicial system is all messed up, but also the collusion of the uh, media and government is a, a big deal as well. Well, it's all, anytime they get mixed up with big government. So ultimately, the big correction for this is not thinking you can get a few good people into government and clean up the mess. It is shrinking the concept of government. And that's what the founders did, you know. If people would have followed very strictly what was permitted, you know, in the federal government, there'd be uh, everything that's happened in the 20th century probably couldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have had the printing press to just print the money and pay the bill and steal from the people. So it's a, it, it's a, a sad, sad story. 
but uh, I, I still think that the only option we have is uh, trying to offer up an alternative, and uh, they've heard about our alternative. It has the, it's opposite of what we're putting up with in our court system and our economic system and our foreign policy. Well, you know, you talk a lot about the Department of Justice, Department of Injustice, but here we have this guy, feet on the desk, facing many years in prison. Let's remember back to the summer of 2021 and put on that next clip. Remember this, guys? There's two different kinds of justice in the U.S. If you're politically unpopular, you go to jail for years. But here's a politically popular one. This is from The Sun back in June 20th, 2021. Escaping justice. Hundreds of BLM rioters, looters, and vandals have their charges dropped despite destruction from violent protests and we remember those protests very well they all get their charges dropped because they were favored by the elites poor old barnett isn't the slammer that sounds weird terrible evil but it's logical and expected from people who believe in collectivism and marxism yeah. and that that is they're doing exactly what you want them to do because they want the chaos in the streets and that's what we said they're getting their chaos and look at you know the homelessness and all these things it, because and you know all the reaction and what they were doing with enforcement of uh, the covid business I mean, it made no sense at all. It yeah. even was destructive to businesses and everything. But the chaos they got, and that's what, that's what this is. They want to get us upset, but they can upset us. But what we have to do is think about the most positive thing we can do to convert people to understanding why it's wrong. Why, why there's something terribly wrong about what's happening and this whole thing that uh, they, they say that uh, one group gets off and the other one will be punished and uh, yet uh, for them that's that's what they want to do. That's what they want. You're <laughs> right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well the last one I know is another one that you've been interested in a lot and let's put it up here if we can. This is out of Florida. I'm going to throw it over to you Dr. Paul but this happened yesterday. Um, if we can put that last clip, uh, the second to last clip on with uh, Florida governor. Um, Florida to allow doctors to use off-label drugs for early treatment of COVID-19. Well, you know, my first reaction to this was, isn't it tragic that this has to be an event that they've all of a sudden allowed doctors permission to practice medicine, which basically was understood. This debate and discussion didn't come up when I was in medical school. They didn't say, well, you have to be really, really very careful. Even if you found a drug and you, uh, you, you know, found out that it helps somebody that does such and such, you can't, you know, you, 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 you did it. You did, you did it. And you did it with, uh, you know, an understanding with the patients and, and uh, the FDA wasn't the authority that tells you when you can do it. But here, here it is. They, they come along and they do this. And now, fortunately, they're moving in the right direction. I'm not downplaying that. Allow the doctors to use off-label drugs. That's how progress is made. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the kind of thing that should be decided where? By the doctor-patient relationship. But instead, the worst thing, the, the, the disintegration of that principle in the last two to three years has just been a disaster. Yeah. Where if, if, you t if you even, not even if you didn't even use ivermectin, if you talk about it, yeah, yeah. And especially if you're, uh, you're a PhD in physics and you, in chemistry and you talk about it, you, you're, you get punished because, because you're, mis you're misinforming the people. 
So it, to me, the tragedy here is that this is news that they're returning it. And so we should be grateful and bow to the <laughs> king and say, thank you, thank you for allowing me to take a breath you yeah. know, and practice medicine. And besides it, it hurts the progress of medicine too. Yeah. And uh, you know, they were so, you know, for years and years, it's improved a little bit about, uh, you know, they, they're te drugs that are being tested and they recognize they've been unproven and there is a law passed that you could work it out and, and get, get some of those drugs and I'll be allowed to do it. The system that I'm talking about would move much more rapidly. Yeah. But the point is, two people have to have an agreement and understand they cannot be deceived and then you will see progress much faster and that would be the use of medication in this manner instead of saying what a great government you are when we give you back a little bit of your freedom but it's not a surprise i guess that this is in florida where yeah. we, where there's a governor that wants to move it in in the right direction and that's what this does yeah exactly so a little bit of mixed good news well i'm going to close out i think if you don't mind and this is a chart we love charts this chart really confirms what, what we've said in the show since the russia ukraine thing happened which is that just like with covid it doesn't mean COVID exi doesn't exist. It doesn't mean Russia didn't attack Ukraine, but the comment is on the reaction to it. And I think we've predicted, and it's not, <laughs> it's not a surprise, that Biden is hiding behind uh, this Russian invasion to hide a lot of his economic errors. And here, I sent this to you yesterday, suggesting we put it up. Here's what Biden said yesterday. Putin's war is already hurting American families at the gas pump. I'm gonna do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. So it's all Putin's fault. We're paying higher gas prices as well. Here's a fantastic and fascinating chart. Confirms how he's not being honest, Dr. Paul. I know that's a shocker. Let's put up that chart. Biden, you're not telling the truth. Come on. Here we go. Last chart. Uh-oh. You have gas prices almost vertical. And then at the very end, you see the timeline of where Russia invaded Ukraine. But that whole thing, of course, is Putin's fault. It's not the fault of shutting down the pipelines <laughs> and shutting off trade with Venezuela and Iran, et cetera, et cetera. Isn't it amazing that that stuff gets by and people don't, you know, put the foot down and say, why, why don't we wake up? There's more of it, though, in this comedy because one thing about gasoline, it's sort of universal. You know, uh, there's a few people who don't care. They'd pay $20 a gallon and have the money to do it. But for the most part, uh, you know, average people, I understand there's a lot of people consider themselves average and they have to make $100,000 a year. Yeah. Well, food prices and fuel prices going up is really going to hurt. So that's, uh, that's where we are today on this. And uh, the answer I gave to the individual, when's this going to stop? Not soon. It's going to last. In the 70s, we waited and waited. It really took took about 10 years and Paul Volcker oh, before great. he could <laughs> correct it by giving us a recession. <laughs> yeah. That always bugs me, too. That the answer to uh, uh, anything excessive, like uh, too much activity, will have a recession. And I thought, well, why, how about freedom? <laughs> That's way too aggressive. That's radical. Now, I just want to reiterate a couple of rules that I try to follow and try to uh, spread the issue. And that is so much of this, whether it's COVID or whether it's the Russians or whether it's uh, Ukraine or whether it's our problems here at home, 
is that things ought to be worked out on, on an individual basis. We we quite frequently do it. People things should be voluntary. <laughs> you know, two people should agree to things, and uh, it should be their business. So that that means there's license to practice what you want. If you don't hurt people, you know, and therefore, you know, a sexual life, a religious life, an economic life, you get to spend your own money. And, and it's just a shame that people say, hey, that sounds pretty good, you know, and uh, why don't we have a voluntary society? It's because we've allowed some other people who don't like the voluntary society and they like the authoritarian society and they sort of have a goal of empire. And that's where the real problems come. You know, internationally, it's been talked about, and it's been talked about, I'm sure, for hundreds of years, but certainly Woodrow Wilson talked about self-determination. And uh, even, even for the division of Europe, after World War II, they talked about self-determination. You know, self-determination, allowing the people to have an honest referendum could do a whole lot. And uh, I, I happen to think it'd be nice if, if the uh, United States uh, participated in self-determination and there has to be maybe some rules about how to do it. But uh, I would think uh, the Ukraine would be a perfect example of, uh, and they did do that in election and there, there has been, and, there, and right now there is a division that in Eastern Ukraine, there's a lot of Russians live there and they'd like to go with the Russians. There's a lot of Europeans live West why and they'd like to identify with the European, but why why don't they get you, you know have the why don't we allow this self determination? It's because there's too many outsiders. Uh, just think of wonder what really would happen if we had no outsider involved in Ukraine. You know, NATO go on home, America go on home, Russians go on home and sit down there and, and let, uh, let that whole group, uh, you know, figure it out. Uh, it would probably be, you know, maybe there'd be three or four factions and, and uh, it, it wouldn't be quite so threatening because all of a sudden, when people don't get their way, what do they do resort to first? Violence. And that's what we're witnessing now, violence to have their way. So looking uh, ahead, I would say that uh, problems are bad and they're tough. If we look at them as an advantage to bring about the ideas and the benefits of, uh, of policy of peace and prosperity, I, I think there's no reason why we have to be pessimists. We should be concerned and we should be work at, work at it, but ideas do have consequences. And right now there's probably too many bad ideas out there. And I think ideologically is what uh, drove the founders to s take on a very powerful na nation and be able to uh, establish at least uh, an effort to come about with a society that operated with the principles of voluntarism. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.